thank you for listening to Northwood Baptist Church of Yadkinville, North Carolina. Join our pastor, Tim Webb, for an encouraging time with God and His Word. Northwood Baptist Church is a place where the Bible is passionately preached and practiced and where you are always welcome. So stay tuned for a practical message for your life as we enjoy the abundant life that Jesus Christ offers to all. How do we make much of Jesus? And I'm going to go through these quickly. So I'd encourage you maybe to write it down and study it further yourself later on. But you say, why do we make much of Jesus? In the book of Song of Solomon, Solomon's love, Solomon's beloved, she's speaking of her lover, she's speaking of her man, she's speaking of Solomon, and she's been talking about how wonderful he is, and she's been talking about how glorious he is, and about how much she loves him, and finally she makes this statement to the girls there who are gathered with her, she says, tell him I'm just sick of love. Then they look at her and they say, what is thy beloved more than another beloved? They said, what's your man more than any other man? O thou fairest among women, what is thy beloved more than another beloved that thou dost so charge us? Wouldn't it be wonderful if the world looked at us sometimes and they said, you know, you sure do make a big deal out of Jesus. You sure do magnify Jesus. I mean, it doesn't seem to matter what we're discussing. It doesn't seem to matter where we are. It seems like the conversation and it seems like the heart always comes back to Jesus. What is it that is so wonderful about your Jesus? Why do you make much of Jesus? Why do we make much of Jesus? Number one, we make much of Jesus for His salvation. Look at Mary here. She starts singing in verse 46. My soul doth magnify the Lord. She says, I lift Him up. I make much of Him. And my spirit, verse number 47, hath rejoiced in God my Savior. You know what Mary was simply saying there? I am a sinner and I need a Savior. Mary was chosen by God to have His own Son. Mary was a wonderful woman, an amazing woman, a woman to be admired, a woman to be rejoiced in, a woman to be given great thanks to God for. But at the end of the day, Mary said, I know me and I know that I need a Savior. Can I say this to you this morning? There is not a person in this room, there's not a person watching online, there's not a person listening today who does not need a Savior. And let me also say this, there's not a person in this room, there's not a person online, there's not a person listening who Jesus will not save. He's a Savior for all mankind. And Mary said, my soul rejoices, my soul magnifies, I just can't help but sing about Him when when I think about the Lord and when I think about the salvation that He has given to His people. Zechariah says later in this chapter, he says, I, I can't help but when I think about the Lord and when I think about what He's done in verse number 68, he starts preaching. He says, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for He hath visited. Wouldn't that be enough? If Jesus just came to visit, 
Wouldn't it be enough if the God who created the whole world thought enough of you as wicked as you are, as sinful as you are, wouldn't it be enough if He just came by to visit? But He doesn't end there. He said, Blessed, happy, wonderful, worthy be the Lord God of Israel, for He hath visited and redeemed His people. He hath raised up an horn of salvation for us in the house of His servant David as He spake by the mouth of His holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all them that hate us, to perform mercy promised to our fathers and to remember His holy covenant. Zechariah says, when I think about the Lord, I just want to magnify Him. I just want to lift Him up because of His salvation. He said, God has visited us, His people. But He's not just come for a visit. He has come to redeem us. You say, what is redemption? It is simply this, that you have been purchased, that you have been bought back, that you have been restored and redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Do you know today that you have an enemy? You've got an enemy. The Bible calls him Satan. The Bible calls him Lucifer. Uh, The Bible calls him the deceiver of the brethren. Uh, The Bible calls him a roaring lion who walks about seeking whom he may devour. Do you realize today that it is Satan's goal? It is Satan's aim? It is Satan's whole hell-bent scheme to destroy your life? Jesus said, I'm come that they might have life. That's why Jesus came. And that they might have it more abundantly. He said, but the thief, who's the thief? It's the devil, your enemy. But the thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That is Satan's attack. That is Satan's game plan for your life. He seeks to destroy you. And you say, well, how does he seek to destroy me? Well, the sad part is you have an enemy in Satan, but you also have an enemy in yourself. You know who I have the most trouble with? I can blame my problems on a lot of other people. I can blame my problems on a lot of other things. But you know who I have the most issues with of anybody else? You know who makes me madder than anybody else? Disappoints me more than anybody else? Betrays me more than anybody else? This guy right here. Listen to me. Satan finds that in you and in your flesh, he has an ally. You say, well, how can that be? I I don't want to be in league with Satan. Well, the Bible tells us that ye are of your father, the devil. In other words, every single person apart from Jesus Christ has an enemy in Satan, but we've got an enemy in ourselves. You say, how can that be? We've all sinned. You know what's right. You know what you should do. You know what you shouldn't do. And yet you find that you do the things you don't want to do. And yet you find that you do the things that you know you shouldn't do. And the things that you know you should do, you don't do them. You say, why is that? Because there's an enemy within. There's a... An account, I believe it's in the Gospels. I believe Jesus is speaking and He makes this statement and this statement has so gotten a hold of my mind lately. He says, an enemy hath done this. An enemy hath done this. And I always want the enemy to be out there. I always want to be able to say, the devil made me do it. But when it comes right down to it, I've sinned against God because I am a sinner. And because I'm a sinner, the Word of God tells us that our sin has to be punished. The Word of God tells us that there is a place called hell where we will be punished forever for the sins that we've committed. But here's the best news of all. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The wages of our sin is death. But here's the good news. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Mary said, when I think about the Lord, 
When I think that my sins can be forgiven, when I think about the Lord, I just can't help but magnify Him. I just can't help but make much of Him. I just can't help but lift up His name because He saved me from my sins. Zechariah said, when I think about the Lord Jesus, when I think about the Messiah, I just can't help but preach. I just can't help but lift up my voice because great is the Lord and He hath done great things for us. You say, why should we make much of Jesus? Why should I make much of Jesus? Because of His salvation. What about this? We ought to make much of Jesus because of His sovereignty. You see, Elizabeth is speaking to Mary and she says to Mary in verse number 45, Blessed is she that believed. By the way, we don't have time, but maybe you want to write this down. We ought to also thank God and we ought to also magnify God for His servants. She says, Blessed, happy, glorious is she that believed. You and I ought to be so grateful that someone one day took the time and took the chance to tell us about Jesus Christ. We ought to be grateful for His servants. Uh, But what we see here is that we're grateful for His sovereignty. For there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. If you look down with me at verse number 49, Mary speaking now, Mary singing now says, He that is mighty hath done for me great things. You know why we ought to give thanks to the Lord today? You know why we ought to magnify the Lord today? Because He is 100% totally in control of this entire universe. I know we have an enemy. I know we've made a wreck of things. I know we've made a mess of things. I know that this world is corrupted. I know that this world is broken and it's tainted. But listen to me. The God who made this universe is still in control of this universe. The end of the world's not going to come one millisecond faster than He intends it to come. Do you realize that Jesus will not be rushed? There will not be some event that takes place on the earth that rushes Him to return for His children? He's not going to be sitting there with the with the Father and one day look down and say, Father, we weren't paying attention. Father, we didn't see it. But the Antichrist has come. The Antichrist is in place. Father, I've got to go get my children. I missed this. I wasn't paying attention. No, He is 100% in control. He is sovereign and He is God. And Elizabeth said to Mary, Blessed are you for the babe that's in your womb. Blessed are you for believing God. But blessed be God because God will do what He says He will do. You ought to give thanks to God and you ought to magnify the Lord because of His sovereignty. Because He's in control of everything. You ought to give glory to God and magnify the Lord because of His salvation. But what about this? We ought to give honor to God for His sanctity. Mary says in verse number 49, Holy is His name. There's no God to compare with our God. He is sanctified. He is set apart. He is holy. We ought to give thanks to God for His strength. In verse 51 it says, He has showed strength with His arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He has put down the mighty from their seats and exalted them of low degree. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich He has sent away empty. He has opened His servant Israel in remembrance of His mercy as He spake to our fathers, to Abraham and to His seed forever. And Mary abode with her about three months and returned to her own house. You say, why should I give thanks to God? Because there's no one like Him. He's sanctified. He's sanctified. He's holy. Why should I give thanks to God? Why should I magnify God? Because He's strong and He's enduringly strong to save those who believe. But why else should we give thanks to God? Well, verse 55 showed us. He spake to our fathers. 
to Abraham and to his seed forever. In verse number 70, as Zacharias is prophesying and preaching, he says, He spake by the mouth of His holy prophets, which have been since the world began. You and I ought to give thanks to God for the book that we hold in our hands today. You see, this book didn't come by the will of man. It didn't come by the intellect or the ingenuity of man. But holy men of old spake as they were moved by the Holy Spirit of God. And what you and I hold in our hands today is the very Word of God for us. And you say, well preacher, why should I make much of Jesus? Because He's given you His Word that you might know Him. He's worked throughout history that you might see that He's a strong God. He sent His own Son. He came in the flesh to save you from your sins. We ought to give thanks to Him because of His Scripture, but we ought to give thanks to Him because of His sympathy. I, I love this. Look at verse number 72 if you would. Zechariah is preaching. He's magnifying Jesus. He's making much of Jesus. Let's make a big deal out of Jesus. In verse 72, he says, He's come, Jesus is, to perform the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember His holy covenant. We ought to give thanks to God for His sympathy, but two here in verse number 73, we say we ought to give thanks to God for His... Thank you for listening today. This program has been brought to you by the generosity of the Northwood Baptist Church family. Our church loves Jesus, and Jesus loves you. You can hear today's message in full by searching for Northwood Baptist Church on YouTube. You can share this program with others on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen. Make plans to be our guest in Yadkinville, North Carolina very soon for any and all of our services. You'll locate our church by going to 1309 Northwood Church Road. There, you'll enjoy a friendly welcome, encouraging music, and a practical message from the Bible. There is a place for you and your family at Northwood. For more information, visit northwoodbandist.us or you can call us at 336-677-3781 or drop us a note at P.O. Box 1637, Yankinville, North Carolina, 27055. Until next time, from Pastor Tim Webb and the Northwood Baptist Church, God bless you and keep looking up.